Well, we are down to one mic this week because we had some technical difficulties yesterday um, and could not record um, on our normal Saturday um, because of our issues. And I honestly don't know how good this is going to sound. I'm going to have to get a little feedback from our listeners to, to see if this is even worthwhile. <laughs> um, anyway, you found the Shays Lounge. This is Cricket. And Bond's here too. And we're going we're gonna to try to stumble through this. We've had one heck of a week. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're. I, I got to give a shout out to um, the gentleman that helped us at the Walmart um, Electronics Center last night, where we um, had to rush in and grab a new laptop because our child, the gremlin, spilled water all over my laptop and ruined it. So, and to be honest, I mean, you don't go to Walmart expecting. Honestly, to be expecting someone there with knowledge to help. Yeah, and he was extremely. <laughs> That's helpful. not something you expect from Walmart. Yeah. but we were quite surprised. This guy really knew what he was talking about, and, and he really helped us out. And and he got us set up with a with a, a new computer, and you know something we could afford, and and something that's you know we're not having to go backwards um, as far as like. Um, the capabilities of the computer and, and that sort of thing. And he actually was asking us questions about the podcast and, and I, I think he subscribed and is going to be a new listener. So, you know, welcome, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> we like our new listeners. Tell your friends about us if you like it. Um, so and if we're you gonna, don't, that's okay too. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to try to make it um, all the way through today without too terribly many um, technical difficulties, but definitely let us know um, what you guys are hearing. So, how's your week been? Long. <laughs> so, tell them about your week. You had kind of a, kind of one of those amazing weeks at work um, where you did something that uh, nobody's ever done before. And this is the second time since you started working for them that you've done something that nobody's ever done before. Oh, you're talking about my loads the other night? Yeah. Okay, so we've talked before about the fact that uh, Vaughn is a feed mill driver. Um, he drives trucks for a feed mill. And on a decent night, they want you to get at least five loads. Well, that, that that's really our requirement is to get at least five loads. And then once you get your fifth load done, the rest of the night, it's pretty laid back in that way is that once you get your five done, the rest of the night's whatever you need it to be. Right, so you can get five loads, you can get seven loads, you can get six, yeah. you know, you can get whatever. you get your fifth one, if you want to get some more in, you can get some more in. If you get your fifth load, and if you're done early, you're going to like, nah, I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, okay, see you tomorrow. But as long as you're not working more than 12 hours, you can get as many loads in that, in that time frame as you want, basically. Well, I mean, if some days they let us come in early and you can work more than 12 hours, you just can't go over 14. Okay, all right. Because there's some DOT regulations that that right. have to have to do with that. So um, back a few months ago, uh, Vaughn was feeling his Wheaties and uh, decided that he was going to do ten loads in one night. And I'm still not sure how he managed that, but he managed ten loads that night, and that's never been done before. And then tell him what you did the uh, the other night. Well, we got some loads that pay that if they're over a certain amount of miles. There and back, they pay us double on the miles. And we have a couple of farms that we go to that are like that. And every time they pull up, I've always told them, I want to try to get at least three. 
Right. Because that's 600 paid miles and three loads. I've been trying to get three, trying to get three, never could get it. And one night this last week, I got my three. And then I got back and I had enough time. There's going to be cutting it kind of close, but I was like, eh, screw it, let's try it. <laughs> and I went out for a fourth load. And I got actually got four home, so I got like 800 paid miles that night. And to our knowledge, nobody has ever gotten four loads before. Not, 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 not the double mile loads. Yeah, no, no one's ever done four double mile loads in a night. So Vaughn only did four loads that night, which you're supposed to do five. He only did four, but they were like, no, you need to go home. <laughs> well, I didn't have time to do any more. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you have to go. You, you've used up all your time for but the night. But I had nights that I had six loads, and I made more on those four than I did the other nights when right. I did six. Just because it was paid at double miles, which yeah. was pretty awesome. So that was that was a neat thing. That <laughs> and there was one of those loads on the list for the next night, and I kept passing it up. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, man, we thought for sure you would take that load. And I'm like, nah, I, I, I'm, I'm done with those for the week, I think. <laughs> so last night pretty much took it out of me. <laughs> like, I'm done for now. Well, I only had to work four days this week, which was pretty nice because Christmas was on Friday. So I knocked off from work about three o'clock on Thursday because they let us get off a little bit early and then um, got my weekend started right, which was pretty awesome. So I've had three full days off and it's been nice to kind of relax and not have to do anything. Um, and this was my last week filling in um, at that new branch that I've been filling in. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually going to my, you know, you know I was promoted. <laughs> last month and haven't worked a day at my new branch where I was promoted into. <laughs> so now Monday, I actually get to start at my home location um, and, and actually get to start affecting their numbers and, and everything, which is really cool because um, the better their numbers are, the higher my bonus is. So it is in my best interest to get there as quickly as possible and affect those numbers um, so that, you know, mama can get paid. Right. <laughs> Because Mama just had to buy a new computer and Mama needs to pay that off. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take that out of our child's hide. I just hope you know that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I can't get mad at him because it was an accident. You know, and it's hard. Yeah, he was being careless, but, you know, accidents happen. And it was really hard for me to get mad at him when it happened. Because it was just, it was such a sudden thing. But what are you looking at over there? And being all quiet on just the podcast looking. where people can't see you. Well, you're doing, doing stuff. just fine talking, so well, you I, go right ahead. Uh, eh. <laughs> We've talked about our weeks. What are we going to talk about next? Um, oh, the Christmas. Okay, so we need to. Uh, you want to go into politics or you want to do sports? Oh, it doesn't matter. I don't really have anything for sports now. We well, did. I did yesterday when we tried to record, but it didn't work. So well, right now the Indianapolis Colts are playing uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it is twenty-one to seven at halftime. <laughs> and the Colts are winning. And the Colts are winning. So I'm saying, man, the, the Pittsburgh after starting off eleven and zero, they they're going to go on a four-game losing streak. Yeah. Everybody's saying they think big that uh, Big Ben just ran out of gas. It would be really funny if Pittsburgh, which was like you said, eleven and zero, ends up completely missing out on the playoffs. <laughs> no, I mean I think they're still in the playoffs. I think, I man, I think they. Their, their record is good enough for that. Uh, let's check the standings for their division. 
Standings. There we go. Patriots. Or I'm sorry, not Patriots. Steelers. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They may not make it into the playoffs. Because <laughs> the team that's only one game behind them, which will probably win their game today, is the Cleveland Browns. They're at 10-4. and four. That's nuts. Because Cleveland today, well, maybe not. What the heck? The 1-13 Jets right now. Are beating the ten and four Cleveland Browns in the third quarter, <laughs> twenty to three. I expected that score to be the opposite when I was going to look at it. What the heck? How are the Jets beating them right now? Well, sometimes you have a good day. Uh, that's the crazy that, thing about sports is that anybody on any given day can really come out ahead. I mean, you never. That's why they say that's why you always play the game. Well, that that's a really. A big factor in the NFL, uh, more so than other sports that do three out of five type games, you know, because the NFL, it it, it comes down to a coin toss. You know, you're either going to win or you're going to lose, and you're either in or you're out. With baseball, you've got best, you know, four out of seven or, or whatever, you know, when you're talking about playoff games, and, and you've got a chance to come back off your bad day and make it up. Yeah. And in the NFL, you're done. Yeah, it's a one and one and done and once you get to the playoffs. Exactly. So you could be having just the best season in the world and somebody like the freaking Cowboys come in and just for some reason have a good day and knock you out and then they go on to win the Super Bowl with like Well a that five happened to the uh, the New York Giants a few years ago when they won the Super Bowl. They like they like barely squeaked into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And end up winning the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's weird. And it's weird how your momentum can, can catch you halfway through a season. So, like, the best team is not always the team that wins in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Or even makes it to the Super Bowl. They're just a team that happens to win on the right, on the right day. What are, what are the standings in the Bengals and the Texans game? Because they're playing right now. They're in the third quarter. Um, they're, uh, Bengals are winning 17-10. Because uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to look these up as we go. Uh, the Bengals before today are three and ten, and the Texans are four and ten. Oh, (laughs) why is everybody doing so poorly this season? Is it because of COVID? Not everybody. I mean, look at I mean the Chiefs are thirteen and one. Bills, the Bills are eleven and three, won their division, and the last time, if I if I read it correctly, the last time the Bills won their division. The guy that's their starting quarterback right now wasn't even born. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, so, speaking of starting quarterbacks, can we talk about how everything that goes wrong in any Cowboys game ever is Andy Dalton's fault? We all know you hate Andy Dalton. I that's hate okay. Andy Dalton. Hate him so much. He is such a poor quarterback. He hit that guy in the chest with a ball last week. And it bounced off, and that was 100% Andy Dalton's fault. <laughs> I think you're just a little biased thing against him or something there. He's terrible. But we were talking, and, and this is this is the whole thing. Uh, this is so irritating that we're having to, to record on a Sunday. We recorded a whole podcast about this last night. And then we're having to re-record because it just sounded so terrible. Because I can't get the, the equalizer to work right. For some reason on this new computer, I can't get the equalizer correct. And so our... our 
microphones are popping and making noises and and it's just the the quality of the podcast is just awful so we're down to one mic and i'm having to go back and remember what we talked about i do remember talking about how terrible andy dalton is and how he should be a backup quarterback that comes in and plays like two plays and then you take him back out again because he does not need to be leading a team don't laugh at me andy dalton is terrible I, I don't disagree with you. Everything that goes wrong in the world is Andy Dalton's fault. <laughs> He's just... <laughs> he needs to stay as a clipboard holder. Yes. He yes. doesn't really do anything else. Keep him on the bench. Do not le- let him leave. Go ahead and pay him whatever he wants to pay, but just don't let him leave the bench. Oh, he's awful. He's um. <laughs> Everything is his fault, okay? Not everything. Everything. Um, let's see. I was looking to... When you say he's so bad, but in those last, what, in the last three games, Dallas has more wins than the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> well, that's not because of Andy Dalton. That's in spite It's all of because of the Andy Dalton. No. He's the man. <laughs> he's good. And, and the, the, okay, so the Cowboys have a terrible quarterback this year. They have a terrible offense, uh, defensive line. Their offensive line is amazing because they can put they can put points up on the board. <coughs> they just can't stop the other team from they scoring. Just, they just can't. So they'll put forty points up on the board, but and the still other lose guys. By 20. Yeah, it's just it, it, this is a, this is just such a weird season. And then and they need to get rid of Zeke Elliott. No argument here. I mean, he was like the best running back, and and it's it's funny how that happens so many times that you have these guys with these amazing years. They get these big contracts after that, and it ain't worth a crap ever since. Mm-hmm. Because he did the whole holdout and everything, trying to get a better <clears throat> deal, and he got more money, and then he comes in, and he ain't done crap. Mm-hmm. They just need to let him go, give the helm to, to Pollard, and let Pollard run with it. I'm fine with that. Uh, but if Jerry Jones would get out of the way of the coaching staff, we might actually have a decent team. He actually said something this year that he was going to kind of step back from his quote-unquote role as general manager and let other people lead, but I don't believe it. I don't, no. I, don't, I won't believe that till I see it. That's like Vince McMahon. <coughs> yeah. He ain't never going to let go of stuff. He's never going to. Even though Triple H is objectively a much better showrunner than Vince McMahon ever was. Because, like, I was reading behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, they would hate whenever Vince McMahon would show up, like, late. Mm-hmm. Because they knew that everybody's like, oh, shit, here he is. Yeah. Because they knew he was going to change up something. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd have it set up the show to go a certain way, certain people to win in a certain fashion. And then, like, right before their music hits, it was, oh, yeah, we're going to do it this way instead. And so everybody's, like, scrambling to try to figure out what, what to do. Yeah. Well, I remember when he, because NXT is really doing well. Oh, yeah, because it's all Triple H. It's all Triple H. And everybody loves NXT, and they've got some really good wrestlers coming out of NXT. WWE is always going to be this juggernaut that Vince McMahon built, but it still doesn't have the wow factor that it used to have during the Attitude Era. It doesn't have the wow factor that um, NXT has right now because a lot of the storylines are still so stale because it's an old man telling them. You need new blood in there. You need well, that's fans it. And they're having in. they're having a, tr- a tough time right now with it because of COVID. 
I mean, not all their, not everybody's wanting to really participate in mm-hmm. that kind of stuff right now. So a lot of the storylines are getting stale because they've got a very limited, I guess you could call it a limited squad that they're limited dealing stable, with, they're deal- yeah. you know, so they're, they don't have everybody there. Well, but even before COVID, it was still going, it, it, it was not going as well as Vince would have hoped. Yeah. The only thing that was, that was carrying WWE through is the fact that it's WWE and you're always going to have these diehard fans regardless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, but but that doesn't that is not a reflection of the quality of the show. In my opinion, I started watching during the Attitude Era. I'm sorry, I've got a, a a certain view of how wrestling should be, and what I see week to week is not it. Well, you're not going to have characters like Austin and people like no. that and now and that anymore. So Kurt Angle and The Rock. I know you hate The Rock because he's got like two wrestling moves God, and that's all he does. I hate The Rock. But he's so good on the mic and he was so good at... But that's the only reason he was a big character is because he was good on the mic. I mean, once he got through the ropes, he was brutal. It was painful to watch his matches. <laughs> it's like how... Did he, he's one of those guys that they would send back to the performance center right now. So look, dude, your mic skills are great, but your in-ring skills suck ass. Go back and train. Because his in-ring skills was horrific. But during the Attitude Era, you didn't necessarily need in-ring skills. If you could if you yeah. could get the crowd on your side, that's all you needed. But a lot of times, that's where they would put him in a lot of big matches against people that could carry him in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, no doubt. But, I mean, I mean you're, you're, you're not going to have many people like... Edge. Edge and Jericho. Yeah. I mean, like when those two had a match, Fantastic. you knew it was going to be good. Yeah. Because they were so good in the ring together. I mean, they were they were good in the ring and good on the mic. Yeah. But The Rock, good on the mic, every match he had was the same exact match. It was the same match. exact match because he had no moves. Yeah. So it was just like Cena, John Cena. He's, he's not that good in the ring, but he's good on the mic. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not in the ring anymore. Yeah. What is he off doing? He's like off doing movies and TV now, isn't he? I think so, but he still does a lot of the Make-A-Wish. I mean, he has he has granted like some ungodly number of Make-A-Wish wishes. Mm-hmm. I mean, this like he has done like four and five times more than the second place person that's ever done it. That's crazy. And he and he just keeps doing them. Yeah. He just keeps doing them, keeps doing them, keeps doing them. Because, I mean, he, he enjoys doing that kind of stuff. You know? That's awesome. So, he, he spends a lot of time doing Make-A-Wish, still. That is one thing that I will um, give Vince McMahon a lot of credit for, is um, all the philanthropic stuff that the WWE does, you know, as an organization. They they do the a lot for the, the vets overseas, and, you know... The, well, that all started with JBL. Right, and I was about to bring him up. You know, he... Vince is... He he allows people to come to him and give him suggestions on how to improve, right? With their philanthropic stuff, and then he goes and does it, you know, because he's got a lot of money he can throw at the causes, and it gets his name out there. It gets kids happy. It gets you know military happy. It get, you know. Well, everybody see, with likes the whole it. tribute to the troops things too, it was, I always like to watch those shows because I like to see who all's on the show mm-hmm. because it is a one. Hundred percent 
deal that they do that's elective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all voluntary. Voluntary. <clears throat> you know, they don't they don't try to push anybody into doing it because mm-hmm. it was always overseas. They don't. Basically, it's like a they do like a sign up sheet, mm-hmm. and whoever signs up first gets to go. Yeah. And so I always like to see who shows up. Just to see who's. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then you're talking about the other stuff they do is like, was it the Susan B. Komen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the breast cancer breast awareness. Cancer. I mean, they always donate a shit ton of money to them. Uh, the one for the little boy, uh, what's his name? Connor. Connor's Cure mm-hmm. for childhood cancer and stuff. I mean, they do a lot of stuff for the deal. And, like, and they go around to schools. Even like Stephanie McMahon goes mm-hmm. for the... The don't be a bully campaign and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, they do a lot of stuff like that for the community. They're not just, hey, here's our show. Watch us and pay us money. One thing that I have liked about the way that the WWE has kind of relaxed their standards over the last 20 years. Um, used to, you couldn't break kayfabe. You had to remain in character at all times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it got people in trouble. Like, in their real world, because they couldn't break their character. Because, you know, Hulk Hogan was always Hulk Hogan. And, you know, uh, it... <clears throat> but since then, you know, like, you showed me that video of Randy Orton singing with his family the other day. Oh, you know, Christmas. Randy Orton is a heel he's a, in the He's ring. a bad heel ring he's, right now. He's awesome as a heel. But if this was if this was the era of kayfabe where they couldn't break it... You they, wouldn't see these videos of him singing not, with his family or dancing with his Because they were kids. singing Bohemian Rhapsody, his family at Christmas. Right. <clears throat> it was great, you know, because you get to see this warm and fluffy side of Randy. And Orton. his wife is always po- you know, posting videos of, like, Randy and swimming with his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, just different things. I mean, out playing in the snow with the kids. I mean, it's not stuff. Because, like you say, 10, 10, 15 years ago. Mm-mm. That didn't happen. That did not happen. They would not allow stuff like that to get out. I remember when Rusev and Lana Lana were in the ring, and they were supposed to be together, and then the writers broke them up. Yep. And then, but the two of them in real life were together. And she posted pictures on her Instagram of her wedding ring after Rusev asked her to marry him, and it... I mean, it brought down a shitstorm mm-hmm. from the top. But she got into so much. I'm surprised they didn't fire her over that. And what's crazy is Rusev is gone, but Lana is still there. And that's that is crazy. That shouldn't be. <laughs> she's terrible. I hate her, by the way. Oh yeah. She she's awful in the ring. She's an awful. But she, like, like I said, she's one of those that they have a very limited. Yeah. She, people to choose from, and she's one that'll be there. Right. So well, nobody else will hire her because <laughs> she's awful. <laughs> but she tries. I mean, it's funny. Like her gimmick for like, it was like for like three months straight was Nia Jax putting her through the ring announce table. <laughs> like every week, she found a way to get a hold of her near that thing and would put her through the table. And like they were like showing it one night, it was just counting one and all in nine, <laughs> ten, eleven. Nia Jax is. She's scary. Yeah. I would not want her coming after me. No, that's a big... She's a big, talented woman, too. She is very talented. She doesn't perform in the ring like a big woman. or How how you would expect a woman of her size to perform. Yeah, well, kind of like Kevin Owens. 
Oh yeah, Kevin Owens. Kevin is a freak. Owens, he, he, because he's a big boy, but he he moves like he's little, like like he's Jeff Hardy when he was on drugs. Yeah, but, you know, he he's really good. He he's another one of those ones that you can say that are extremely good in the ring and good on the mic, and might even be better on the mic. Yeah, Kevin Owens is really really good. Now, the, but still, the best thing going, and even endorsed by the Undertaker himself. <laughs> Says the best thing going in wrestling right now is Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is my favorite man because he's got, and he's he's almost. It's like you pointed out the other day. He's almost got this this uh, 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 Mick Foley thing going on. Where yeah, he's because got, Mick like, Foley was Cactus Jack, Dude Love, Mankind, and then just Mick Foley. Right, and and that's kind of that's kind of how Bray Wyatt is because you got Bray Wyatt, and then you've got the Firehouse, the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> Crazy dude, and then you've with the got, puppets. and then you've got the fiend, and and they're all very different characters, and they all move differently in the ring, and they all, yeah, react differently to people around them. He's he's a he's a phenomenal actor, and and yeah. that's saying something. And all this Firefly Funhouse, the, the Firefly fiend, Funhouse is creepy. All of that crap is not from any writers. It's not from the minds of Vince McMahon or any writer. Every bit of that crap comes from Bray Wyatt himself. Yeah. It just goes to show how talented he is. I mean, just... It's cool watching him even talking as one character and then just transfer transforms over to the other one. Well, something that they did not expect to happen when they started bringing out the, Bray, the, the Wyatt family... And you know how creepy they were, but everybody they would they would lower the lights in the arena and then just let them come in with just like you know just the ambient lights that was around them and they would well, have like had lanterns his, he had his and, lantern. and stuff like that. But then everybody started turning on their cell phone lights, and that's where the fireflies came from because it looked like fireflies in the dark when people yeah. were moving their cell phones around. That was completely organic. That was not something they told the crowd nope. to do. That was just, and then it just became their thing. And like when you go and the and the Wyatt family comes out, you turn on your cell phone light because you're part of the crowd and you're part of the fireflies. Yeah, you're that's one just, of the fireflies. That's amazing. That's awesome. Well, that's just like that's the not whole, something you can plan well, for. Well, that's just like the whole uh, Mick Foley, Mister Socko. Yeah, that was some stupid little thing when Vince McMahon was in the back and mankind Mick Foley was like trying to be stupid and drew a pulled off a sock and drew a face on it. And it was like talking to Vince McMahon, <laughs> seeing if he would feel better or whatever. And it's Mr. Sacco and all this kind of stuff. And then they said the next night when Mick Foley showed up, he said before he went to go out and he's like, everybody stopped him. And he's like, Hey, where's, where's it at? And he's like, where's what? He says, where's that damn sock you had last night? And they're like, he's like, I probably threw it away or something. I don't have it. Dude, you've got, well, you need to go find another sock and draw another face on it quick before you go out. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, go look. And then it like peeked through the curtains mm -hmm. and there were Mr. Socko signs. Yeah. Everywhere. And Mr. Socko became. The thing. As popular as Mick Foley himself. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when, you know, everybody wanted to see Mr. Socko. And that was a complete, like you said, one of the completely organic things that was not planned. And that's one of the beautiful things about wrestling because you've got these, these massive, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not a movement. That's not, that's not the word I'm looking for, but just these, these ground swells of things that come out of it. And it just, it lasts beyond, because everybody knows who, if you don't follow wrestling, you still know who Mr. Sacco is, you know, 
it, it just follows these people and follows this stuff, and it, and it gets beyond the borders of, of the WWE. Uh, you know, and then you have stuff like when uh, Kurt Angle was hurt for so long, and he come back. You know, and the way his music would play, it would kind of pause for a second, and everybody'd always chant "You suck" during the middle of the, of the song. Yeah, because because the, the beat was, the the beat you would... suck, you suck, you suck. Yeah, yeah. and and, <laughs> and, he, and he was a heel. He so was a fit. heel character. And he was gone for a while because he was hurt. And when he finally came back, he came back as a heel character again. Mm -hmm. And they chanted all that or whatever. And he goes down to the ring and he's like, he ha they had this whole skit worked out and he just lost it. Mm -hmm. He grabbed the mic and he goes, I'm sorry, damn, that was awesome to hear. Let's do that again. And he runs back up to the crowd behind the screen and make them start the music again. And he comes back out and he's like cheering with them because he was so happy to be back and hear that again. They had to completely basically rewrite his character. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, shit, now he's a face. All right, who are we going to turn as a heel because we got to keep it even? But that that's one of the best face and heel turns that you can have is somebody that the crowd is behind whether they're a heel or whether they're a face Steve, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was real good about that because he was the same character whether he was a heel or a face it was just dependent on whether or not the crowd was behind him well, you, you were talking about Rusev a while ago Rusev was never meant to be a face character mm -hmm. never but the whole Rusev day thing started and it was supposed to be like a, a slap against the people, you know. This is Rusev Day. I don't care what day it is for you. This is Rusev Day. And people got behind it. <laughs> and then people got behind it. And the fans are the reason Rusev made a face turn. Yeah. Had nothing to do with anybody else. The fans are like, no. <laughs> this is what you're going to do. And we're going to make you do it. And that's exactly how it worked out. And that's how it happened. Right. So, it, it, it just happens like that a lot. I and mean, there's been several times it's done that way. So, and it's always neat to see it play out. It really is. And, and I'll admit, you are a more um, hardcore watcher of WWE than I am. But I really do like getting in, you know, to yeah. watching the, the show. Because, you know, it's just a big soap opera. It's a soap opera for it's guys. A soap, it's a soap opera with fighting. Yeah. And with hot chicks. <laughs> And, and I have to say that once COVID hit um, and they had to go to the practice arena where there was like no fans, I was super, super impressed by oh, their yeah. ability to, they're talking directly into a camera, which is a completely different experience than talking to a crowd. They've got no feedback and they're still able to maintain these, um, the emotion of what they're saying. Well, that's, I thought it was neat because, like, one of their first shows when they came back, you know, Bailey was a had recently turned to, to a heel, and when her and Sasha Banks come out, there was no crowd, mm -hmm. and I was even like you said, I was kind of nervous to see how it was going to play because they had nothing to feed off of. Mm -hmm. But she managed to play off of the absence of a crowd, mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of a neat way to do it because she was like. Sticking her hand out to her ear toward the crowd. I'm like, oh, where are you at? I thought you were supposed to be out here booing me. Where are you? You know, kind of playing <laughs> off against it. I'm like, yeah, that's a good way to play off of it, I guess. That's pretty good. I like it. I like Bailey. She, she's a little stilted on the mic, but she, she yeah, does better. Yeah, she's than... not that good on the mic, but she's really she good in the ring. Yeah. But, um. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I was trying to remember what I was thinking a second ago. Uh, you talking about different things like with the fireflies? Mm-hmm. 
uh, like before Shinsuke Nakamura, before he turned heel. Yeah. Because once he turned heel, they usually do like a music change of some type, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, but and Shinsuke's music is amazing. I'm sorry, but when he was still a face character, I mean, you want to see crowd reactions. Look up one of his early entrances, and some of the times, even when the music stops, the crowd is still singing along with it. Mm -hmm. And like when he first came out, you know, they turned the lights off, and the spotlight came on, and there was this black guy standing there with a violin and when i first saw it i was like that's weird huh? who's what is this for you know what character is this for and then he starts playing this music and then eventually hits this note and i was like oh i know who that's for <laughs> it was a because a lot of his interest music is violin music mm -hmm. but they had this live guy out there in front of these thousands of people that started playing this and it's like when he hit that first initial note to where you could tell what it was for. Right. That's when the crowd immediately just, bam, went, went into action and started singing right along with it. I mean, it was crazy. It's cool. I mean, like, I'll sit there sometimes when I get bored at night and I'll sit there and watch it like that on my phone. <laughs> like Shinsuke's entrance. I mean, just mm -hmm. some of the different entrances that are really... Because you, you don't hit that diamond in the rough very often. Mm -mm. I mean, every time somebody comes out with a character... Even though to them it may seem like this is going to be, hey, this character is going to be a big character. They're not the ones that gets to decide that. Well, <clears throat> I was thinking it's, about it's, it's, it's the crowd that gets to decide it. We, we've been talking about Bray Wyatt and his fiend character and, yeah. and how amazing that character is. That, the fiend is what the boogeyman was supposed to be. But nobody reacted to the boogeyman the way. Yeah. Because it, it, it didn't have enough behind it yeah. you know, to really drive it. But the boogeyman was supposed to be what the fiend is now. Yeah, the, the, it didn't have that meaty story behind it. It really didn't. Because it was just this dude that acted weird and, and you know. Because with the fiend, you know, the whole Firefly Funhouse thing, they started that months before. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of buildup. Because, like, every now and then you would see, well, like, his little, one of his little character, puppet characters is a buzzard. Mm -hmm. And one of them's a little pig. And you'd see them doing a backstage thing, and the guys would walk off, and before the camera would cut, you'd see a little buzzard pop up and just kind of look around, and then it would go away. Mm -hmm. And that's all you would see is little tids, tidbits of it here and there for a few weeks. And then finally, it's when it hit the Firefly Funhouse. And they kept, and they were just hinting about the fiend. Right. About the other guy. The other guy. And you're like, hey, what is this other guy? <laughs> I mean, there, at first, I thought it was going to be actually another person. Another per yeah, another member of the Bray family. Yeah. Or, I mean, the, the Wyatt. Wyatt family. But then it come out to be the Fiend, and I'm like, holy shit, that's good. And, and that's such a good character. Yeah. It really is such a good character. I mean, Finn Balor's got one. Yeah. Well, Finn Balor's is still not as good as the Fiend. They really... It was until the Fiend came along. It'll be neat to see if they ever work it into where you have a match of the Demon King versus the Fiend. What I like so much about Finn Balor versus the Demon King is they're completely different characters. Their their movement set in the ring is completely different. Yeah, except I mean their finishing move is still the same. But but, but he's he he acts his differently. Movement, oh yeah, 
you know, it, moves different. It's just like a totally different person. It really is. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's that that's a testament to his his acting ability and his his range. Um, just the moves that he can drag out of himself. Yeah. In the ring. And those entrances with the Demon King are pretty freaking cool too. Yeah, they are. <laughs> if you do it right, but you know, and then and then if you don't do it right, well, you have see, to because like you know, if you if your entrance is good enough. The fans can look over some of the other stuff. Yeah. We have spent 20 minutes talking about WWE, and I'm sure nobody wants to hear <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is how our podcast... Well, the guy asked at Walmart today, how, what is our podcast about? This is what it's about. We just kind of just randomly talk about crap. Yeah. That I mean, was you the never sport, know. That was the sports that we're trying to... We're trying to get more structured. So if you've made it this far, congratulations. Um, we're trying to do, like, sections where we have, like, politics and news and sports. And that was our sports section. So let's move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we had a big thing that happened on Christmas Day in Nashville. We, we need to talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, at 6.30 in the morning in downtown Nashville, right next to the AT&T building, somebody pulled up a um, an RV, like one of those old school RVs. Um, and it had a voice broadcasting from the RV telling people that in 15 minutes a bomb was going to go off and um, they needed to evacuate the area. Well, after several 911 calls, you know, the... the Police and, and ambulances, and, or the police and firefighters and everybody started evacuating as much as they possibly could. But that thing wasn't lying. Fifteen minutes later, a bomb went off. And it, it leveled a lot. Um, several blocks. And uh, took out the AT&T store, or the AT&T building. Um, it took down 911 services in like three states. Which is probably not something that should happen. That just seems a little dangerous to have that many states hooked into one hub. Yeah. <clears throat> but nobody knows why the bombing happened. Nobody knows uh, who did it. There's a person of interest that's in custody right now. Or, or, the, uh, or they're, they're, they were searching his house. They're searching, yeah, they're searching for this person. Uh, because he may have died in the blast. They found some human remains in the blast. Um, they don't know what his motivations were. Um, there's a lot of a lot of chatter that I've heard um, that wonder if this maybe was a test to see, not to kill people, just to see what the reaction, uh, what the what the reaction time of the police and firefighters would be to a situation like this, so that if they ramp it up to a larger scale nationwide, if they do multiple locations. Yeah, what what would happen? Because if in in like if we really want to kill that many people, or if we don't want to kill people but we want to take out these locations, is fifteen minutes enough time? Right. Do we need to up the timer to twenty minutes, or do we need to lower it to ten? Because the bomb say the bomb squad can get there in eleven minutes, so you don't want it to go off at. 15 because they get there at 11 they may have time to diffuse it yeah you know and, and can you imagine being a bomb squad guy but like the one guy saying was it was in the bomb squad they're like is that not the most nerve-wracking job how do you do that and he goes well you gotta think of it if i mess up <laughs> it ain't my problem no more that's right <laughs> i either get it right or i don't neither <laughs> one like, you know but if i get it wrong it's not my problem anymore <laughs> we're like well i guess that's one way to look at it <laughs> yeah 
but uh but we still don't know what's going on with it um i have not the the stories that i've seen don't have a whole lot of information because I, I don't think we have a lot of information on this on this thing um, oh, and then the stupid conspiracy theories that have come out of this. Tell them about the one you read oh about today. Oh, my God. We'll talk about something else. Let me look it up because I want to actually be able to read <clears> this <throat> stupid crap. Well, I mean, okay, so the conspiracy <sighs> theory kind of starts because um, uh, it took out, like I said, it took out the AT&T building, which was uh, like a communications hub. Okay, and, here we go. Found it already. Oh, you found it. Okay, well, go ahead and read it says, was this an attempt to cover up election fraud? Here's a theory. The Democrats made a big mistake today. Look at where they put their RV in Nashville. 200 Commerce Street. Look it up. It's a data center that holds data for millions of businesses. It also ran the Dominion voting machines and has all the data collected from those machines. Don't believe me? Google it. The company's name is SunGuard. The reason the recording was used was to keep pedestrians away when it blew. They didn't want to hurt anyone. They just wanted to destroy the businesses, the business that held all the information regarding the Dominion voting machines. Results. And of course, in parentheses, statement copied from Parler. Yeah, uh, Parler is where um, the Nazis hang out. So keep that in mind before you get yourself a Parler account. Okay, so I looked up. <clears throat> 200 Commerce Street, I, and, and I'm looking at the Google Street View of, of 200 Commerce Street in uh, Nashville. Um, it's the Wild Beaver Saloon is 200 Commerce Street. And then across the street um, is Demos Steak and Spaghetti House. And uh, The Wild Beaver Saloon? The Wild Beaver Saloon. Okay, so this is the Batman building. Um, is, is it 200 Commerce Street? It looks like, but uh, let's see. That's at what is the address on that one? I can't read it. It's not two hundred Commerce Street. It's three thirty three Commerce Street. Um, two hundred Commerce Street is is a couple of restaurants. So uh, already we know the meme is incorrect. <laughs> I mean, not that we didn't already know that the meme was incorrect because it's a conspiracy theory and there's no way it's based in fact, but. Also, this crap with Dominion um, um, Dominion voting machines, that's not where their stuff is located. It's not located in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Dominion is getting a bad rap from this election, but... So people are going to pay their ass off for that, too, because Dominion is starting to sue some folks. Yeah, Dominion is, Dominion I mean, is fa suing... Their, uh, not Facebook, but... Uh, Fox News. Fox News. O-A-N... Um, is being sued for defamation. And they had to actually come out and say publicly from Fox News and from OAN, Dominion did not change the results of the election. They were forced to do that by a judge because there's no, like literally no evidence that mm -hmm. the Dominion voting machines had anything wrong with them. You know, <clears throat> and uh, the federal judges got involved and they're like, y you can't just say stuff. <laughs> Right. You can't, yeah, you have the First Amendment, but you can't defame people. That's not that's not okay. You know, Rudy's getting in on that loss. He's getting sued for it because he was saying it was Dominion, Dominion, Dominion. Uh, the the drunk aunt that uh, that crazy, Rudy brought the crazy drunk lady. The crazy drunk lady, uh, Melissa Carone, I think is her name. She uh, she's getting sued uh, for uh, defaming uh, Dominion. 
so you know that that's going to be interesting to, <laughs> to watch i'm sorry she's funny she is funny as hell did you guys do something crazy to it right <laughs> we i played... signed a paper did you <laughs> You know, like I said, you know it's bad when Rudy reaches over and starts tapping on her. Hey, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Poor Rudy, though. He had that happen. Then he gave that one woman COVID when he blew ass on her. <laughs> and then he had the press conference in front of the Four Seasons um, landscaping company. And then he got caught uh, by Borat, which, honestly, having seen all the other stuff that Rudy has done over the last couple of months, getting caught by Borat is like the least of his worries. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> um, now, we're, now we're just waiting to see if Trump comes back from Mar-a-Lago or not. Which he may not, and and that's something that we talked about. Um, I think he will. I, I don't think he'll just disappear from there. You don't think so? Nah. Well, there there are a lot of people who think he's gone to Mar-a-Lago and just won't come back for the for the inauguration or anything else. Like, I don't think he's going to be at the inauguration. He's already said he's going to have a rally the same day at the same time. He doesn't need to be there because he'll figure out a way to make it about him. Right. He'll but be up there by his inauguration hollering. Rigged fraud, election. Fraud, rigged election. Yeah. But you got to, you know, if you look at this thing objectively, either. Okay, so if, if you look at the election objectively, either Barr is wrong, the Supreme Court is wrong, all the federal judges are wrong, um, including, the, including the ones that, that were Trump appointees. Um, the the Republican governors are wrong. Um, all of these people that Trump put into these positions are wrong about there being voter fraud. Or, on the other side, Trump is wrong. And <clears throat> I'm kind of, you know, even if I was a Trump supporter, there's a lot of evidence against what he's claiming. You know, he he's just he just keeps saying, you know, election fraud, election fraud, election fraud. We're going to show the proof. We're going to show the proof. But it's been how many days since the election? And they haven't come out with a single a single thing even even a little bit of proof. You'd think they would have something to to throw in front of a judge or or to yeah. bring up on camera or you know, anything. Just bring me something. I like this one, like you're just talking about it said like this one that's what I was looking up says so the voters can't be trusted the poll workers can't be trusted the voting machines can't be trusted the media can't be trusted Bill Barr can't be trusted the guy who was in charge of election security can't be trusted the lower courts can't be trusted the appellate courts can't be trusted and the Supreme Court can't be trusted but Donald Trump can't yeah roll that around your head for about three minutes and realize how incredibly mind-boggling idiotic that sounds and it and it does and, and the people who still think that there was widespread fraud. I'm 100% sure there was fraud during this election. There's fraud during every election. Somebody's always going to try to vote on behalf of their dead mother. It just happens. Oh, yeah. But the type of widespread systemic fraud that would have to happen in order to rig an election by 7 million votes is just not possible somebody would have talked <laughs> have you ever done a group project somebody would have talked what are you looking at oh yeah the the ice cream sandwich bed i've seen that 
<laughs> Don't laugh at memes that well, this is a radio show. We can't laugh at memes. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm sorry, people. He doesn't understand how radio works. I do. I'm just looking up different stuff. You know, I like looking at stupid crap. I know. You were talking. You were busy. So yeah, I was. I was on a soapbox. Let's be honest and be accurate. <laughs> Soap box. Well, this one too it says I was drinking a margarita, and the waitress screamed out because some guy fell over. Some wait, and the waitress screamed out, "Does anyone know CPR?" And I yelled. I know the entire alphabet. And we all laughed and laughed and laughed. Well, except for that one guy. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, and I don't know if you guys watch Letterkenny. I know, Vaughn, I know you don't watch Letterkenny. But the latest season of Letterkenny is finally out on Hulu. And that's what I'm going to be doing with my afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm ready for the next season of Mendel, or the Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett to come oh. out in December. Okay, so for those of you who haven't seen the finale of The Mandalorian, there are no spoilers on this podcast. We will not spoil anything, but you gotta see it. We give it a week and then it's fair game. If you yes. watch it by then, it's your fault. If you haven't watched it by next week, I'm sorry, you will be spoiled. But um, the most amazing thing happens on The Mandalorian. Also, stay for the end credit scene. Yep. Um, it, it's about, what, two minutes? But it's, Maybe. it's 100% worth it. Yeah. So we're looking at a new series that's going to be spun off in 2021. And then we're looking at new episodes of The Mandalorian coming in 2022, which is too far away. Right. But it's going to be interesting to see how they do The Mandalorian without Grogu. 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 Because, I mean, the the... Father-son relationship thing that they had going with Mando and Baby Yoda. That was the series. That was the whole reason people watched. Yeah. I mean, especially when he sent that video message to... What's the guy the, the, the guy that took Baby Yoda? Um, uh, uh, Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. I couldn't think of his name. And, and it was word for word what Moff Gideon had told him. And you... He was wearing his helmet. You could only hear his voice. But you could almost see his facial expressions as he was saying this. And then, knowing what kind of person Moth Gideon is, to see the pure look of fright yeah. on Moth Gideon's face. And that's, and that's as much fear as you're going to ever get on a man's face. That was like... That was kind of bone chilling. Yeah. Because Moff Gideon fears no one. But he was scared. You could tell he was very concerned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was very concerned about having a very pissed off Mandalorian after him. Especially that Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, one of the, the big revelations of, of this season, um, and I guess, I wonder if I would have known this had I been watching the Clone Wars, but Beskar... Uh, it, it reflects blaster bolts, so it's good armor against blaster bolts, and um, it um, it holds up to a lightsaber. That just blew my mind when that happened because the they they swung at him with a lightsaber, and he just pulls his arms up and does the little Wonder Woman cross in front, and it blocks the the blade. Yeah, nobody knew Beskar would 
withstand a lightsaber. I figured he'd come back with stumps. <laughs> Apparently not. But that, I mean, that was absolutely nuts. And the fact that that dark trooper was, was, was beating him. And all it did was just kind of dent him into the ship. It didn't dent the Beskar. No, it didn't mess that helmet up at all. No, it didn't. He was messing up the ship. It wasn't messing him up at all. That was crazy. And knowing that those things can punch through blast doors, and it still wasn't denting that Beskar. <laughs> but anyway, you got to see The Mandalorian. It was amazing. Oh, it was so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at it article now let's see i'm not going to read it here on the on the show i'm going to read it and, and bring it next week but apparently there was a um there was a okay you guys you, you know that there's going to be a challenge to the electoral college votes in congress right oh yeah that that's going to happen apparently that happened in 2004 did you know that no it happened in 2004 um and the house and the senate had to vote for only the second time in a century on whether or not they were going to reject the electoral college votes. And of course they, they accepted them because George W. Bush was, was president for the second time. But, um, the, let's see, a group of house Republicans is preparing to object this time and they need at least one Senator to join them. And Mitch McConnell has basically told them, don't do it. And that's crazy. And that's nuts because Mitch is so far up Trump's butt that he can see daylight when Trump speaks. But for him to pull back on this one, he knows. You know, he knows this is a lost cause. But it's just... <clears throat> I'm still a little flabbergasted at the chutzpah that it takes for people to be okay with overturning a free and fair election. That's third world country shit that's not american democracy yeah and i and i don't i don't understand how people who are rah-rah patriotism the flag are okay with this well i think they're doing everything they can because there's been so much talk about the democrats trying to get rid of the electoral college and basing the presidency off a true popular vote. And Republicans can't win popular not, votes. They're not going to win a popular vote. Republicans have won one out of the last eight popular votes. Yeah, it's been like 20-something years, I think. Over around 20 years since they've won a popular vote. Uh, Reagan, I think. So, I mean, it's... They're not going to win one, and so that's what they're afraid of. I mean, and there's already states. They said they've got up to 190, I think, electoral college votes or states worth of electoral college votes that have already entered this agreement pack kind of deal that their electoral votes aren't going necessarily toward how their state votes. Like going for the popular vote. Like, you know, say like if choice A wins our state, but choice B wins the national popular vote, our electoral votes are going to choice B. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> you know, and this is this is the thing with the Electoral College. It's a it's a holdover from the slave states. Um 
And the only reason it's in place was to try to essentially disenfranchise the popular vote. It was a compromise um, between the North and the South. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a holdover from an old racist tradition. There's no reason we should still have it. Um, and, and I know everybody's like, oh, well, you're disenfranchising the, 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 uh, the majority of, or the minority of voters or whatever. But the thing is, if you have a president who is elected by the minority, then you're disenfranchising the majority of voters. Yeah, it's not a true representation of the people. It's not, because the loser gets to lead. Yeah. And that doesn't make any sense. Mm. And... Um, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with my parents more than once. <laughs> uh, and, and the fact that Electoral College allows land to vote, which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't allow people to vote. And people are, you know, they're like, oh, well, California and New York is going to dictate the terms of the election if you're not careful. Well, that's where everybody lives. Well, see, it's funny because they've been talking about all this. And I was listening to a guy that he was walking around doing his own little polls. And he was going around asking people, just random people, mm -hmm. said, uh, do you think we should get rid of the Electoral College? Mm -hmm. And then some people would be like, and he said a lot of people said, some people said yes, some people said no. And then he would ask them another question, follow-up question. And they said, well, if there was some situation and there was a certain number of people that voted for it, do you think someone else's vote should count tw more towards the end tally than your vote. I'm like, well, no. Okay, so what you just said is completely contradictory to yourself. Mm -hmm. You said, keep the Electoral College, but you want your vote to count the same as everybody else's. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. Right. As long as we have the Electoral College, everybody's vote does not count the same. A, a vote from uh, somebody's vote who lives in um, Minnesota... Uh, not Minnesota, but... Um, uh, like uh, Nevada or... Um, Wyoming. Somebody who lives in Wyoming, their vote counts more than my vote from Texas based on the Electoral College. Montana. They, their vote counts more than my Texas vote. It's, it's silly. And I'm looking up something real quick. Look, okay. Keep going. No, no, I, well... I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you want me to say, um, because I know what you're looking up. You're looking at populations to, to see what that, what that looks like. And population density being what it is, it looks like when you look at a county-by-county county map of the United States and how those counties voted, it looks like there is more Republican voters than there are Democratic voters. However... If you break it down to population density, there are way more Democratic voters than there are Republican voters. You've got to stop looking at the full map because land does not cast a vote. And that's what these maps with the red and blue on them are tricking you into thinking is that land has a vote. And it makes it look like, oh, well, I don't understand how the majority was disenfranchised um, when there's so much red on the map, but the blue guys won. Well, that's because the blue areas is where everybody lives. They all live in cities. 
rural areas, you know, you might go two miles without seeing a neighbor. When you're in a, in a, a population dense city, you're living on top of your neighbors. So it doesn't make any sense to have the losing team dictate how the country goes. It just, it just doesn't. You're disenfranchising the majority. But anyway, <clears throat> so it's going to be interesting to see um, what happens here um, when they object to the Electoral College because it's, it's definitely going to happen. Um, we're just going to have to see what happens uh, when it does. Um, Mitch does not want this to go. To go. What what'd you come up okay, with? Okay, so you're talking about Wyoming and Texas, right? Yeah. All right, so Wyoming has three electoral votes. Mm -hmm. Texas has 38. Mm -hmm. Wyoming population, 500, roughly 572,000. Texas, 29 million. Mm -hmm. So Wyoming has one electoral vote for every 190,000 people. Okay. Texas has one electoral vote for every 600 for every 763,000 people. Yeah, so their vote counts three times more than mine does. That's ridiculous. Absolutely, bone-chillingly, stupidly ridiculous. We need to get rid of the Electoral College, guys. Let the winner be the winner. Let the loser be the loser. There's no reason why somebody who won by over 7 million votes should ever have been in question as being the winner. Um... Let's see. Oh, hang on. Oh, we got a football game to watch. What are you looking up now? Well, I'm going to look at something real quick. Hang on. I'm trying to find the sports okay. scores. Oh, oh, oh. Indianapolis and Pittsburgh are 24 and 21 in the fourth. Pittsburgh's okay, so coming back. based off of how many electoral votes Wyoming has compared to their population. Uh huh. If they wanted to make it fair, do you know how many, uh, for our vote to count the same? you know how many electoral college votes Texas should have based off population if you do the same for Wyoming? How many? 152. Yeah. Now do California. How, what's the population of California? Okay, well, help me, me look it up here. You're here, let's see. Pop, hang on, let me, let me type correctly. Ooh, I can't type on my new computer. California. Um, okay, 39.5 million in California. Um, and let's see, electoral they get, they votes. Have, they have 55. 55 electoral votes. Okay, so you, can you do the math on that? 39.5 divided, divided by 55. So they have one electoral college vote for every 718,000 people. So about what Texas is. Theirs is actually a little bit better than ours. Okay. Ridiculous. Absolutely. But if you do it the same, 39,500,000 divided by 190653. Based off their population, they should, if, it, if theirs was the same, counted the same as Wyoming, their 55 electoral college votes. Uh huh. Should jump up to 207. Yeah. Completely outdated way of So that's doing the kind this. of stuff that I was trying to think about the other night <clears throat> when people were talking about, oh, well, no, they, they count the same. That's why they do it. I was like, no, they don't. They don't count the same. Math proves it that it doesn't. 
and and it's here's right there in black and white on my paper. You and, can't see it, but it's there. And here's the thing too: if you were to go back, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about being an originalist for the Constitution. We need to do things the way that they used to do it, and the founders set it up, and it was a good set uh, system, and blah 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 blah. If you went back and you told the founders that there are 40 million people that live in California, they would flip out. Yeah. Because that's one state. And that's more people that were in the 13 colonies when this whole thing was set up. You know, they, they, they wouldn't have had a concept of 40 million people in a state. It would have blown their minds. And we need to... We need to roll with the times. Well, the big thing like they were talking about, the people that wrote the Constitution were way ahead of their time, if you really think about it, because, yes, we've had a lot of amendments to it. But that's the point. But they wrote the Constitution in a way that they knew there would be amendments to it. Yeah. You know, so they knew that times would change, things would change, and so... And people who talk about, well, you shouldn't change the Constitution. Let me tell you about the first ten amendments. Those were changes to the Constitution. Those were changes to the original document. Mm -hmm. Slavery and women not, and, and women being property is in the original document. We had to change that because times changed. And I'm not talking about slavery in the amendments. I'm talking about in the actual, originally penned document by Thomas Jefferson. It talks about slavery. And it being okay. That crap about all men being created equal only applied to if you were boys. a white landowner. Yeah. It didn't apply to women. It didn't apply to slaves. So when it, it's okay to change it, guys. They set it up that way on purpose. I mean, I think they should have kept the women as the property thing. I kind of <laughs> like that idea. About to be hit by your property. <laughs> There's no video, but they can hear it when you hit me. We're... I'm sorry, this, this has been throwing me, this is one thing that's been throwing me off since we've been sitting here doing this, uh-huh. is this damn Pop-Tart box on our table. That the kid opened Who upside down? Who is the heathen-ass kid in our house that opened up the box of Pop-Tarts from the freaking bottom? <laughs> Your kid. No. Not my kid. That's like, that's like what kind of freaking heathen like I see eating a bag of chips sometimes, and they open it from the bottom. I'm like, what the hell is wrong oh, with you? Oh, that's the younger one. Why he, would you open does... up a bag of chips from the bottom? That's, no. That That's the younger one. That's, that's yeah. Well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to learn that one. <laughs> I'm going to tell him next time you open up something from the bottom, I'm just going to take it from him and pour it out. <laughs> he don't get to have it. We ain't acting like no, mm-mm, not in this house. But you keep seeing me staring off like, what are you looking at? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm staring at that damn box of Pop-Tarts because it's driving me nuts. Well, tape it up and open it from the top. I'm just going to... Don't make noise on on the... Oh, now he's going to pick it up and it's all going to fall out the bottom. They're in packages, at least. At least oh now my... I don't have to look at it. Oh, my. You've been... We've been doing this for an hour <laughs> and six minutes, and you have just now decided to fix this thing well, that was it's... irritating you. Oh, I didn't know. I'm just... I was trying to see if I could get through it, okay? And I couldn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> We need to bring this to a close. We're not doing a super size one this week. I'm so frustrated because we had a good podcast last night and it's lost. But hopefully this one will be better. But next one's going to be a big one because it's, it's, it's a special one. This is our last podcast of 2020. Mm-hmm. This is number 28. 
Which is why next ones are going to be a more important one. Next is going to be a more important one. We're going to talk a lot. I wa well, I want to talk a lot about Bond's baseball career okay. on the next podcast. Because number 29 is near and dear to his heart. Yes, it is. Tell him why. Because that was my jersey number. That was his jersey number when he was playing baseball. And even well, it was 17 for a while. And then after that, I was... 29, and it's been 29 ever since. Yep. And like, so, I played on some summer league teams, and when they were looking for jerseys, I was I told one coach, there was like, I was wanting 29, and it was one of the coaches' numbers. And I'm like, okay, I'm not playing for you then. <laughs> He's like, what? I was like, I'm, I'm going to go play for a different team. I'm not playing here if I can't be my number. That number's important to me. And the coach gave up his number to let me have it, because he knew if he didn't, I was going to go play for somebody else. <laughs> I wasn't playing. <laughs> so those are the kind of stories you're going to hear next week. We're not going to we're not going to spend another hour talking about baseball stuff. Okay, we fine. will talk about baseball next week. I promise. All right, all right. So I'll for come our up last, with some stuff to talk about for our last podcast of 2020. Thank you guys for sticking with us for 28 episodes. We love you so much. Tell your friends about us. Hit us up on Twitter if you've got my number. Text me because several of you have my number. Um, several of you have Vaughn's number, so text him and tell us if we did a good job and have a happy, happy new year. Bye. <laughs>